0: to random gaming talk it's entertainment talks podcast for video games i'm your host matthew joining me today my co-host is robert how's it going it's going good how's it going for you going all right going good um so starfield i'm assuming you've still been playing that um maybe some other stuff who knows uh, but what have you been playing
1: yeah mostly starfield i do take a break um i have been playing in the background ish uh, farthest frontier because they did mm-hmm. their 0.9 update about a month ago. I didn't really want to get into it because I mean it's more of a um, getting the content working update than any like big big thing. Uh, they added in some new things to craft. They added in some new things to uh, do. If I ever do do a full uh, restart of it, I'm definitely going to turn off raiders because it's getting annoying now right. where like every three seasons. 50 people just run in and start murdering everybody, and that's uh, oh. that gets old quick. Uh, but with Starfield, yeah, uh, gotta do code words because of spoilers. So I had the first thing happen, and then I got the thing that goes with the thing, and then the, the thing involved with the first thing because of the other thing showed up, and then I progressed through the story a little bit, and then the third thing showed up and just basically curb stopped me into oblivion. So I had to rewind my saves a couple back. And now I got a point that I can't go past until I get a few levels in me um, to where I might actually survive what the third thing happens. Um, So I've been trying to do a deep dive into the uh, um, outpost building mechanics. And that requires a PhD in confusion to really kind of figure out what the hell you're supposed to do with that. That's going to be a lot of... A lot of Google searching and a lot of YouTube videos to get that thing figured out. I see. I see. It's very detailed, very involved. At the jump, not initially complicated, but interconnecting everything is not very intuitive. It takes, a, it takes some effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best thing about setting up an outpost is that you can make storage buildings. And dump all your stuff in the storage buildings. And then as long as the storage buildings are close enough to your crafting stations, it'll automatically pull all the things in. So you don't have to have you know over encumbered you don't have to be over encumbered by three thousand percent just to try to knock out a few upgrades on your weapons.
0: Hmm. Cool. All right. Uh I have not yet started starfield because i do not have it yet um again it's my own fault because i accidentally dq'd myself i um, explained all that last week i did finish star wars jedi survivor uh i've got nothing else to say on it because i already did a review and that already took longer than what i wanted to for to talk about it if that makes sense i talked about it for longer than i even wanted to because i i i didn't enjoy talking about it but it was interesting to talk about is it was one of those reviews um i'll mention that a bit more in the housekeeping uh but very very disappointed with that and what i'm basically gonna do is once boomerang receive that game from me because i have sent it back because i've finished it and there's no way i'm gonna play it ever again um I'm going to wait for them to receive that, then maybe add some games to my list. Uh, try not to DQ myself again from Starfield. Wait to be sent that. And in the meantime, I've got um, a bunch of shows to catch up on anyway. So I, I knew that was going to be what I had planned. Um, but no, nothing else to say on Star Wars. Uh, did you ever play Jedi Survivor? Did you ever get round to the, That's the second one.
1: Yeah, not the second one. I did play the first one. Uh, I did it on normal mode up until the final boss. And I just couldn't get past the final boss, and I wasn't going to go back a couple saves to grind out all the rando upgrades to do to try to do that. Mm -hmm. So I just switched it to story mode, beat the boss on uh, baby mode, and then got the end that already had me spoiled.
0: Okay. Well, that is exactly what I did in the final boss fight of this game as well. (laughs) So uh, it's not the same boss fight or whatever. It's just... I talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but it's worth mentioning here because this pertains to other games. I'm finding with certain games recently, a... Are you scratching your arm? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: My, the mic's actually picking that up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weird.
0: Um, A problem recently with final bosses in games. I don't understand... Why developers feel the need to. When you get to a final boss. For them to say like. This final boss that you're going to fight. Is going to be really annoyingly powerful. They're going to be way more powerful. Than what you would have expected. They're going to do big swooping attacks. That you have to precisely dodge. Otherwise you'll get 70% of your health taken out. There'll be four phases. If you die in in one of the phases. You start again. Which I, I get that that makes sense. um, And... Because Star Star Wars, I almost said Starfield. Star Wars will do a thing where, like, and this happens in at least two different boss fights. One particularly, but two that are near near the end, where you'll get to a new phase. Let's say two or three. That's where things start to get a bit more difficult. And without warning, without knowing, without like being prepared, a boss and. With this, I'll use the example of the Force. They basically threat, will throw something at you. But it's something that's so big, and you have no idea it's coming up anyway. And it's like, right, you've got the Phase 3. Good for you. You're going to get smacked in the face with this massive thing, which has got a really big radius. You'll have no idea it's coming up, because you don't know what's coming up in the boss fight, because why would you? It will be impossible to dodge. You won't know that you'll need to dodge it in the first place, because you, you won't know that it's going to be happening. And you'll get 90% taken off of your health, then you'll be animation locked into doing your health thing. And while you're doing the animation and you can't move or cancel it, the boss will hit you one more time with a lightsaber. You'll die and you'll do the whole fight over again. So it's got that kind of problem. Um, the whole, like... ...big projectile thing I'm talking about. I don't remember that being a factor at the in the last boss fight. I just remember the, with, the, with the previous game, sorry. I remember with the first game, which... ...that final boss fight is a lot more enjoyable than any boss fight in the entirety of the second game. Which I know sounds strange, because I know that that final boss fight in the first game is very difficult. It's a lot more interesting, though. Um, and it also... I don't remember a character again like oh i'm gonna pull something using the force i'm gonna smack you with it you'll have no idea it's coming up anyway as prepared as you will be to do like parries or jumping or whatever you'll have no idea this thing's gonna smack you in the face and then yeah lock you into an animation where you're supposed to be healing you won't heal in time and then you'll get killed um i don't remember that being as much as a problem in the first game but the first game was what four three four years ago something like that um yeah
1: i don't really remember that as a thing either
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't remember it being as much of a problem. So I would probably say the first games, I certainly enjoyed the first game more. It had its problems and things. Um, But uh, anyway, I don't want to talk about the game anymore because it's annoying me to talk about it. So, um, but yeah, just with boss fights recently in games, I mentioned a few other games on the podcast that just, you don't need to do it. Like, Hogwarts Legacy was another one that, like, oh, this character's now going to transform into something massive and have big swooping attacks. It's like, just just stop doing that. It doesn't make... Like, Is your intention... I get it. It's the big climactic final boss fight, right? It's supposed to be big and difficult and challenging and intense. That's fine. But try and make it... I'm still playing a video game. I'm still trying to have fun. And it's not fun when you do things like that. So, um... Any thoughts on, like, final boss fights? If you come across anything similar, I suppose?
1: Yeah, the, the three-stage thing is actually fairly common. I don't mind and that. As though. long as there's been, like, boss fights that have had to do multi-stages, it always seems to be the number three. Um, so, yeah, and the big changes like that, that's only more modern, recent, recent time that, you know, games could actually handle that as a process. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, because I tend not to play games that have, like, giant boss fights.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's
1: not really something I come across all that often. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember in the first Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor game, mm. um, I do remember the bosses and them having stages. I just, they would change tactics. They would never be like, oh, now it's time for me to get really serious and do this tactic that could have <laughs> uh, killed you with 20 minutes ago. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, One, one, one version of that that annoys me, which again happens a lot in this game, is you kill a boss, and then I go, Cool, I'm dead now in this cutscene, wait a minute, I'm gonna take off my armour, and then, because my armors you haven't killed me, you've just really damaged my armour, and now I'm gonna take that off and fight you without it on, but I'm now stronger, even though the thing I had on me to protect me is now gone... I'm now stronger because I've now got a different weapon which is automatically better and it's like piss off. <laughs> like Yeah, seriously. that's
1: a trope that you see a lot in anime. <sighs> I know they did it in the Dragon Ball Z series, I know they did it mm. in the original Naruto series, to where the armor, quote unquote, is just like weights to help people train so that, you know, they've got a lot less it's like when you have to carry something heavy and then as soon as you set that heavy thing down you're like, wow, I can move way more faster now. It's kind of like that, but only like, dialed up to 11.
0: Hmm, yeah. And then you kind of think, shouldn't you be more vulnerable because you've got your armor taken off? No, it means that they're stronger for some reason. So, anyway, that's Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor out of the way. I will mention that in the housekeeping section. I have not played anything else because I only finished that like, a couple of days ago. So, uh, and I don't know what I'll be talking about next week in terms of what I've, what I've been playing. We'll uh we shall see anyway uh, let's take a break do some housekeeping we'll come back and then continue the rest of the podcast i suppose i mean what else are we gonna do all right uh let's do that and we're back in a minute Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get twenty percent off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is Talk UK that's E T A L K UK to get twenty percent off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose hair trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves, you can click on the link in your show notes whether you're on a podcast player or the website. Uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes that's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code etalkuk you can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20 percent off your order with manscaped and free shipping first-hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves, even the way the items are stored in the packaging it is very, very first class, very professional, so no questions about Manscaped's quality. Thanks very much to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talk's podcast, and thank you very much for listening. Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Koalu, All right, recently on Entertainment Talk, some other podcasts that we've done recently uh, from yesterday, which is for season three, episode nine of Breaking Bad. There's obviously me and David over there uh, heading towards the end of the season. There is 13 episodes in that third season. Uh, and we've currently got to number nine, so we will continue until we go through that. Uh, so there's that one uh, over on the Diabolical Seven, which is for the boys. But this time for Gen V, the upcoming spin-off. Uh, show which starts at the end of the month premieres with three episodes on the 29th of september and has eight in total so a spin-off of the boys based on like a volume within the comic book or something um i actually had no interest in the show at all until i actually saw the trailers and then realized what it was and i was actually interested enough to do a podcast so that'll be starting in a couple of weeks but you can go and listen to my um season one preview if you wish to do that and that'll be on the same podcast feed as the boys so check that out as well Uh, Hard skip review, I mean, what else did you think I was going to say after I just said all that? Uh, Hard skip review for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Also, I didn't mention it here, but one of the other reasons it got a hard skip rating from me was definitely on the technical side of things. It's in a better state than what it was a few months ago. If you remember when I sort of dabbled in the game a few months ago and it had, like, uh, the performance mode switch glitch sort of thing on it. Um, It's in a better state now than what it was. But it's not in an acceptable state, is what I would how I would describe that. Anyway, that's that review. Uh, there's no spoiler talk on that because I couldn't be to talk about anything in the story because it just annoyed me. So uh, there's that episode as well. Uh, over on the United cast, we haven't had any games recently. There's been international football, but May United returned tomorrow against Brighton and then midweek against Bayern Munich. But there's been a lot of stuff going on at the club uh, off the pitch as well. Uh, it's been busier than usual. There's been a lot of statements, a lot of things said uh, mainly pertaining towards Donny van de Beek, Jaden Sancho, Eric Bailly, uh, Anthony and Mason Greenwood. If you are concerned as to uh, where I discuss the issues surrounding Anthony and Greenwood if you know about what's going on with those players you know what's going on with those players. I won't discuss or describe it here. That is in the end part of the podcast so what I basically did was go through everything else and if you don't want to hear discussions about those two players which i understand as to why you won't want to uh i give you a clear sort of like you can feel free to leave now sort of point so there's that um over on gaming talk last week we talked about polyarc which is the moss developers they have a vr update talked about starfield and we talked about stray getting an animated film which was good uh over on the united cast recently the most the last game that we played Uh, Is talking about our 3-1 defeat away to Arsenal. Very, very, very unlucky game and a very eventful game as well. But let's hope we can bounce back tomorrow against Brighton. Hopefully a few players come back from injury, all that kind of thing. So there's that. Um, Over on the chat podcast for last month, talked about a mental health update, talked about what was going on with Trump. Uh, and also talked about you know podcast plans all that kind of thing so there's that Um, video game I also did finish recently and liked more certainly more than I did with Jedi Survivor. I didn't love it but I liked it It was called Oxenfree 2 I gave that a nice uh, don't skip rating which is still a you know a good recommendation rating so uh, there was that one and I did I or did I not talk about spoilers on that one I think I did but I usually give you warning on the podcast anyway so don't worry about that and that's what we've been doing recently on entertainment and on podcast platforms all right let's get into some news before we jump into the news a discussion um topic for us to mention um which i this isn't from feedback this is what i've just written down as a note i don't usually do this kind of thing but um i've just put as a like posing question what are sony's first parties up to the reason i've written that obviously is yesterday we had a state of play and also had a nintendo direct and although we did see some first party stuff obviously we saw a bit more of spider-man 2 which we'll talk about in a minute For the last, I would say, I'd round it up to two years, roughly. I know we had a PlayStation showcase earlier this year. It had been 18 months before that one since we'd had one. Sony's just been quite quiet. And I'll stand by what I usually say, which is, okay, if a developer's got a game in development, let's say it's been in development for six months, a year, two years, whatever it would be. It is obviously a good idea for developers to show their games when they are ready to show them, whether it be a trailer or a teaser or announcement. Um, so I understand that. And you obviously you don't want to announce your game and then you have your first trailer four years after because then you have people, you know, waiting around to see where your game is going to be. at. I mean, when we get to December this year, it'll be two years since we had that first teaser of the Wonder Woman game and we have no idea where that is. Um, that's just a, a, an example so I understand that, um, but it's just very, very quiet on the first party front. Um, what, what, what do you think is kind of going on with Sony? Because they're not really. Do you think things just aren't ready to show, or Sony are being a bit quiet, or what? What do you think is maybe going on?
1: I think it's a mix of both, really.
0: Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because um, what, what, what would we expect in the immediate future? Um, Spider-Man Two obviously is coming out. There's been, obviously, we're probably going to get a Ghost of Tsushima 2 at some point. It's not been officially announced, but, you know, water's also wet. Uh, Factions, an update about that at some point. Um, you got to remember that, obviously, Neil Druckmann's a very, very busy man, because he's also doing, you know, the TV show, and there's all the strikes and stuff like that, so that's me- messing things up, um, which is it, funny with Factions 2, because it, hasn't had like a trailer or been officially officially announced but it's been talked about by Neil Druckmann and has had concept art so the game is in development um I saw some comments yesterday as well saying like oh Naughty Dog hasn't done a game since 2020 what is taking them so long that's technically not quite true because they also did do part one and I-, I know okay that was a remake and they've obviously got like assets that they used and lines and motion capture stuff and that was more of a Upgrade as opposed to a new release, but it still would have taken development time and effort. You don't just pop a game like that out. Um, the the thing is, when it comes to let's say the bigger studios like your Rockstars, your Naughty Dogs, uh those are the two main ones I can think of. The those studios that sort of they don't put out games every year, and when they do, it's more of an event. Obviously, Rockstars being a little bit extra with that, cause, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know Naughty Dog's actually had some stuff come out in in recent years whereas Rockstar's been kind of just leaning on GTA Online obviously that does still take development time and resources but you know it's been 10 years since GTA 5 Uh, obviously they had Red Dead 2 which was massive and I love that game Um, Horizon has sort of just gone recently hasn't it we had what the game last year we had the VR game we had the DLC so that's been busy on that front obviously we can probably expect a proper horizon 3 whatever it would be called uh sony santa monica they're obviously doing god of war that was very what was that last year god of war uh what was that this year No, that was last year i think yeah Ragn- ragnarok so they've sort of just gone um i don't know i don't know i mean we're getting spider-man 2 we know that insomniac's busy they got wolverine on the way um and they may be working on something else who knows maybe like a ratchet and clank sequel um, who are you kind of expecting to sort of hear from next, for Sony, or what games are you expecting to hear about next from Sony's first party?
1: Honestly, I don't know, just because I'm not really in that uh, that space a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I still don't have a PS Five, but I don't see myself getting one anytime soon. Um, I might have gotten one uh, for Spider Man Two if. Starfield hadn't come out and sucked me in like it did. Mm-hmm. Um, I still need to do a couple of hardware upgrades on my PC for uh, Baldur's Gate 3. They're not big upgrades. I'm just I'm just being a lazy bastard. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, I'm just down in that space. So I really can't say.
0: Right, right. That's fair enough. Um, I mean, the thing is, right, let's say PlayStation doesn't say anything else until march let's, let's push it out to march and they come out with a showcase and it's this and that and this and that and they they do like one of the earlier ones when they were coming out with like spider-man and harry potter and all, all this other kind of stuff everyone will sort of forget that they've been quieter so maybe that's just what sony's trying to do I, I, I don't know i just thought i'd pose it as a question seeing as we had a state of play although for me now at the moment when it comes to state of Plays as opposed to showcase. Obviously showcases is a lot rarer and state of play is, what once every couple of months once every six months maybe. Uh, I don't, four or five but yeah. Yeah yeah. I, I don't expect as much from that. That's more just sort of updates on games that we know are out there and you know oh this port of this thing is coming over and stuff as opposed to showcases where I expect the big things to come out. So uh, speaking of some of those announcements uh, I'll go through some of my stuff I didn't write down obviously everything but um, Spider-Man 2 we got to see some more of. Uh, Nobody seemed to sort of expect it, because they didn't actually mention in their briefing that they'll be talking about first party. They said third party in VR, and everyone was like, oh, okay. Uh, Which made me think we might get something to do with COD, because PlayStation's got the marketing rights, which is... I know that was put in place before, but it's still weird considering it's, you know, supposed to be an Xbox thing. But anyway, um, yeah, we saw a bit more Spider-Man 2. We saw a few features such as the uh, character switching, which has been compared to GTA V, which I think is fair. We all kind of wondered if that was going to be in the game because they did tease before of like the, the switch to Miles button that had come up before that we'd seen. And I suppose some of us had wondered, okay, there's bits where we see we play as Miles and bits where we play as Peter. will that kind of work and it seems that you can just switch between them and then that's you know got some pretty fast loading also got the fast travel system uh which has got some fast loading as well which is good to see uh be curious to see how that plays out um and how that kind of works good because the last time we saw something similar at least from my recollection was 10 years ago in gta 5 which is wild to think about that game is 10 years old um but most games most games either have it so that you are are scripted to play as a certain character for certain parts. Like there'll be some games where you have your main protagonist, right, and then for a certain section of the game, for whatever particular reason, you'll switch over, like in um Witcher Three where you're uh trying to find Siri, which is the plot for season one of the show. And you'll play as Geralt for 95% of the time, but then later on in the game there'll be parts where you switch over to Ciri and you get to explore her story a bit more, which is very useful, but also get to play as her and see how incredibly powerful she is. But that's not the same thing as like switching on the fly between characters. So that's it's curious that they've decided to do that, and I'm very uh, interested to see how that's going to work. Uh showed a bit more of the wingsuit. Uh that looks kind of cool there there's two things, and this isn't a complaint. this is purely just sort of call it personal observation if you will i'm not I'm not moaning that these two things are in the game the and i didn't like this particular thing from the start the electricity thing that miles has got, and the wing suit idea which we've seen in far from home, yeah, the second of the uh Tom I almost said toby, the second of the Tom trilogy we i think that's the first time we saw that in the mcu um i'm not the biggest fan of though. i i get that it's <clears throat> being put into the game to make traversal fun and interesting and it will probably be quite good i don't know how much i'll personally use it but i remember when i played the miles morales game and i was like oh he's got like electrical abilities and it just like when i think of how spider-man fights whether it's miles or peter or any of the others obviously if you've seen any of the the two animated films you'll know that there's a lot more than just the two spider-men there's a whole whole multiverse full of them uh across the spider-verse um there's a certain i guess there's just a certain image and a certain way i view let's say spider-men because obviously more than one fighting and slamming blue electricity on the floor I, and i know it's not new here but it was being brought up again I'm just not a big fan of that mechanic. I'm not moaning about it. I'm just not, like... Maybe I just won't use it, or I'll just... I don't know, whatever. Um, but it doesn't strike me as very Spider-Man-like. Like I, I don't mind the gadgets and things like that when he's using... Let's say he's got, like, a web bomb or something. Like, you throw a, a sticky bomb at an enemy, and it, like, has loads of webs that come out. That that's, that's Spider-Man a bit more advanced, and I don't mind that. I know there's been some complaints, like, when... Um, tom holland's spider-man got introduced and obviously had the iron man connection and it. it was a bit more tech based as opposed to the other films and it's like oh he's now like super spider-man or he's I- iron man spider-man or something and i i didn't mind that as much because that felt like okay how do we push the character forward a bit more and i don't mind the traditional kind of just normal spider-man stuff um but i, I don't mind it anyway it's just you know what i was kind of observing from uh the mechanic what, what do you think of those two mechanics by the way the um, web, I guess you call it web gliding and the uh, electricity thing.
1: Uh, well, the, the web wings, I guess for lack of a better term, yeah. is comic book cam- canon. That goes back late 60s, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, Iron Spider is what it's called. And that's fairly new ish, but that's still, again, something they derive for the comic book. Um, Miles' character is fairly more new, so it doesn't have as much history, mm. but I'm sure a lot of it gets pulled from the comic. And some of it will probably migrate its way into the comic, because the movies influence the comics, the comics influence the games. It's a whole circle of confusion, right. basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But outside of that, I mean, they got to give you upgrades because otherwise, it would just be a story game, and it'd be five hours long. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Uh, what do you think, by the way, of what we saw of Spider-Man Two?
1: I mean, it, it's the same as I said the last time when we got the big reveal. Visually, it looks stunning. Technically, it looks a lot of fun, which the whole web-swinging part of that should be a ton of fun. Mm. I did like how it could transition between the two characters fairly smoothly. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of story in that. Craven um, the Hunter is going to be an interesting protagonist with that. We'll have to see how that goes story-wise. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to play it before the ending is spoiled for me, like it was uh, the last time. Oh, Um, But yeah, I mean, all in all, unless it, like, on a technical level, on a gameplay level, falls completely flat on its face, automatic top three for Game of the Year, just based off of what we saw.
0: Yeah, I'll be surprised if it's not nominated. I can't remember if we included Spider-Man 2 in our list. Yeah, we probably did. I don't know why I'm misremembering that, but... I can guarantee you two things that will happen with this game. Now, you can point this down to just my personal opinion and not a fact, because what I'm about to say is not a fact. This is just in terms of how I think it will go. The versions of Venom and Craven that we will get in this game will be better already than the Sony. What, what's the thing called now? Ven- Venom vs. Spider Man Sony. Think, I don't think know. Me, the, the, the it's the Spider-Man spin-off with all the villains without Spider-Man, which doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. Like,
1: I mean, I want to call it Sony Verse, but that doesn't really make sense.
0: No, because that could include lots of things. Um, see, that's the thing. Even if you call it like Sony's Spider-Man and Venom Verse, it doesn't have <laughs> Spider-Man in it right now, <laughs> so you can't call it that. It's just the Spider-Man villains. Um, I don't quite get how far they think they can take that as well like are they gonna make a morbius 2 i don't i mean it bombed at the box office but um but you got that craven film coming out i watched the trailer it looked fine but i don't have any interest in it but i could pretty much guarantee at least from a writing standpoint the venom in this game and the craven versions of these characters will be better than the ones that sony are gonna have for you um It's like I said. I think you weren't on the podcast on one week when they did that story trailer. And what I said was like that fight. You know the like five seconds or ten seconds of the Venom reveal. I was like, okay, that's already better than what we've had in the two films, the uh, mm-hmm. Venom, Venom One and Two, not including like any other stuff, just from that thing. So.
1: Did you see they uh, had that meme in the uh, Midnight Suns video game? No, what was that? Oh, it was a bunch of them standing around a table. And one of them turns to Morbius and says, uh, what's your catchphrase again? It's Morbin time.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. I
1: was just like, wow, they did that then, huh?
0: Mm. Yeah. Um. There was an interview I saw, I think it was House of the Dragon related, because obviously that's still got Matt Smith. And it was Matt Smith talking with one of the other House of Dragon characters. And the interviewer said, like, what do you think of the It's Morbin time? And whoever the other actor in the interview was, was like, but Matt, what the hell does that mean sort of thing? So that's pretty funny. Uh, anyway, Spider-Man 2, October 20th, um, for just for PS5, I believe. Uh, so that's coming out soon. A couple of things to mention. Uh, Ghostbusters VR, it looked cool um i think ghostbusters is still this might be a strange thing to say after all these years i think ghostbusters itself whether it's films tv or games has still got a ton of untapped potential even though we've had five films yeah i think five um and probably some cartoons and other stuff
1: there's yeah i forget i always forget if there's a ghostbusters 3 or not. i honestly don't remember that one um isn't there I an original trilogy that- uh, no, there was the two. Um, oh, let me look that up. Real.
0: No, I just assume those old classic things are all trilogies. So No,
1: I don't think there's Like Lord of one. the
0: Rings, Ghostbusters, uh, not Ghostbusters, um, Back to the Future, that sort of stuff.
1: No, there wasn't a third one. Oh. I just looked up on IMDb. Now, there's the first two. There was the alt-universe based off of the original, original, original movie from way ass back in the day. Um, called Ghostbusters. It was a cartoon. There was, uh, the te- there was the cartoon show based off of the modern movies called The Real Ghostbusters. Um, and then there's been a bunch of other movies and video games. But yeah, technically, there's only four movies. There's the first two, the 2016 one, and then Afterlife.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, after I finished Afterlife, which I think is the worst one, I really, really didn't like a lot of the choices in that film and also was a monumental unbelievable waste of Carrie Coon. because i thought she was going to be more involved and she's a really really talented actress and i was quite shocked as to how underused she was in that film um i also just didn't like kind of the general direction it was a bit it, it didn't seem to know like oh are we going to use the legacy stuff Are we not are we doing a reboot is this a, like what is this like film uh, anyway I didn't i didn't enjoy that one um so i'm not like because I don't think I'll see the the next one cause if it's following the same direction, because I just don't like what they've done with it. Um, I'm not, like, out on Ghostbusters as a franchise. I still find it interesting. So I'll see... I'll check this out once I get, I guess, a PSVR 2. So um, I believe this is a port from another um, VR system. I can't remember whether it's Oculus or Vive or wh- whichever one it was. I think this has been on something else before, though, and now it's ported to... Uh, PSVR 2. Uh what do you think of the Ghostbusters game they showed?
1: Uh it looked okay. Um I don't know if it's a port or like a side attachment to the the one video game they announced it about a year ago that I don't think has come out yet. Right. Um but I don't have a PlayStation, I don't have PlayStation VR, so Yeah. It's not going to be on my radar. Mhm.
0: The only thing I was looking at this and thinking it might be a bit Let's use the word wobbly. Is you've got a lot of lights and stuff going on in this in this game. In now I'm not somebody who gets like remotely disoriented and I mean I played like I am and I was flying about all over the place. Uh there are certain games that are optimized badly and did make me feel kind of a bit woozy, but that wasn't because of me, that was because like how those some of those games are optimised. Um because obviously you've got the proton pack thing and you've got all the lights from that and they're flying about all over the place. If that gets a bit too busy, possibly, that's one thing that could, like, I don't know, we'll see how the game handles that. Um, but it looks cool, I at least think, so uh, we'll see when that comes out. Um, the Avatar game, they showed a trailer for that. Uh, Navi is what they kept saying. Um, this actually reduced my interest even more in Avatar. Because I had the slight interest of thinking, oh, you know, we've waited, I don't know how many years, for the second one. And we're getting a third and fourth and I think fifth as well. And probably more if they keep making loads of money. Avatar has just turned into such a weird franchise to me where it's like, okay, they're, I, I think two of them are in the top three box office, right? Because the other one is Avengers Endgame. Um, and then you've got like Titanic and you've got Infinity War, I think. Those two films have made tons and tons of money, but no one talks about that franchise. (laughs) Like, there are numerous conversations over the years, let's say from Avatar 1 to today. Whenever I get in a conversation with anybody and it's like, oh, what films have you seen? Avatar just never comes up. But yet, clearly a lot of people have seen these two films because it's made like 2 point something billion each. Um it's it's strange and i'm looking at this and thinking that okay what what what, i don't know what the sales are going to be for this game and it's from ubisoft and will that be any good and this character keeps saying i'm navi six seven times and it started making me laugh a little bit because i thought it was just silly um yeah it was it's not one i'm remotely interested in but it was an interesting thing it was an interesting trailer to observe that's what i'll what i'll say about it um that i'm not going to you know expect it to be good or bad i i really don't know but it was uh it was a curious one anyway what do you think of this avatar trailer
1: uh it was weird yeah i have no interest in the game at all uh but mostly because i have no interest in the movie i think the reason why nobody's talking about it after it came out is because when the first movie came out so long ago it just got talked to death i mean to death to death to death it was actually There's actually a TV show that I was watching at the time, and I remember it. It had four different scenes as a wink, 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 totally not paid commercial for the Avatar movie as plot points in the TV show, which is so weird to say out loud and think about. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's a strange franchise.
0: It really is. Like, yeah, how does so many how have so many people seen those films and spent so much money on it, and it's not really in the pop culture sphere like there's things that are newer than it and older than it that get talked about a lot more so um it's a strange franchise and i can't really think of another franchise that operates in the same way i I did a podcast i think it was six seven months ago or something whenever avatar was at the box office and i I was talking about it a bit a bit on that it's called the avatar anomaly because i think this franchise is some like weird anomaly where it's just uh, no, it's weird so Uh, I think
1: the easiest way to explain it, and I was talking about this with somebody regarding a different subject, but the analogy still applies, it's kind of like a drive-through cheeseburger. Easily consumable, and then easily forgettable.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put
1: it. I mean, is it a case of people
0: like looking at pretty films? Because the, the thing that's been complimented most of these two films is how good it looks, which as I said before, I'm not bothered by, like, if that's your, if that's your selling point, then that's just going to drive my interest away, but no one talks about the plot, or the characters, or the story, or the politics, or any of it, really, um, just like, oh yeah, I saw Avatar, it looked really good, and it just, that's the end of the conversation, so, um, but yeah, maybe it is that quick, sort of, like, you, you know your cheeseburger is going to be good, But like you said, you'll forget about it afterwards because there's nothing else to it. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, Baby Steps was revealed. This was actually the first game that was revealed. It was a traversal game. Um, At first when they showed this, I was like, oh, this is how we're starting the state of play. What are we in for? And then they started showing a bit more of it, and my interest just started going up and up, and I thought, huh, this is an interesting kind of quirky little game. There's two things, well, there's three things I liked about it is... And I know some people don't like this but this is something I really do like which is when your protagonists talk and I don't mean just casual dialogue but talk about what they're doing or what's actually happening rather than just oh I'm going to talk to this other character it's they're gonna discuss more about what's actually going on I I don't know if that quite makes sense but um, because some people don't like talking protagonists and that's fine but I, I think it connects you more to the character. Um, cause I would almost, if you looked at this, obviously there's the scene where he's talking to the person about the, um, grapple. If he was walking forward on these steps and stuff and was like totally silent, I'd find that to be worse personally. Um, but yeah, the interesting kind of mechanic of using the legs and the feet in this different way, obviously it's going to be very, you know, balance based and you have to be very careful, uh, and you'll trip up a few times and it's got that kind of going for it. So yeah, it's got a few good things going for it. Um, I also thought kind of the exchange of, oh yeah, use your, use your grapple. Well, yeah, I'll totally use that. And he clearly hasn't got one on him, <laughs> which I'll, uh, I think he'll unlock later. Um, it's funny as well. I-, I was thinking about obviously which featured image to use for this podcast and that sort of thing. And I typed in this game. Um, and a few images of seemingly later levels came up where the players got like a backpack and they're on like different levels and stuff um so it'd be interesting to see how the levels evolve and like if you get different equipment I assume you get a, a grapple hook at some point or, or something um but for a base for a basis sort of first trailer I thought it uh, and gameplay bit I thought it looked very good um I also kind of like the the exchange between those two characters I think it's got like an interesting little comedy angle to it and uh, as as far as like how you'll get across that next bit, you know, because they showed, like, some small little stones on the side of a wall. That will be uh, interesting to see. Uh, what did you think of this game?
1: Uh, until we got the actual name of the game, I honestly thought that whole thing was them just trolling us.
0: Right. How
1: how come? Just the whole thing. The way the, the janky body movements were. Um, the whole grapple point thing. I honestly thought this was just trying to have a laugh at the intro slash troll us over video game tropes. I honestly legitimately did not think it was an actual video game hmm. until we got the title for it. <laughs> um, but did you... Uh, so did you like what they showed in that for it? No, it makes no sense whatsoever.
0: Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, but that's out, I think they said, some point next year. So um, we'll see what that one's like. Um, I'm trying to think of other games that are similar that i've played or that i know of i don't really i don't really see games like that that much i mean you have like i know it's not comparable in the same way but the sort of obstacle course climbing thing of like fall guys but the mechanics of that are very very different you're not sort of balancing two different legs um that's more just getting your bean across big surfaces and trying not to get knocked off and that sort of thing um
1: yeah but see there's games like that there's the 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 old web-based game like Quafop, where nobody really knew how to play it, mm. and then there's that one game you see on stream all the time where it's just half a dude in a pot using a sledgehammer to eat himself up a mountain. Oh, I've so seen that. So that's why one. I thought yeah. it was a troll.
0: Yeah, it, it did remind me a bit of that, but it looks much better than what that is. Why is that person in the pot, by the way? Or do we not know that? You know, for that online game. Um, I
1: don't know. I just know. I've just seen the game get played.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen some other people play that. It looks a bit sort of cheap and bad. So, there's that one. Uh, Tomb Raider 1-3 to 3 Remaster. This kind of came out of nowhere. Um, it's interesting that this has come up. One reason I'll mention that for is... I was watching a video from Mystic, who's a, a like PlayStation YouTuber. I don't watch a lot of his stuff, but now and again his in- his uh, videos kind of piqued my interest. And he was talking about... The fact that it's been, I think, like just over a year or something since PlayStation redid their, um, uh, you know, the revamp of PS Plus, the new three tiers and stuff, in regards to the classics and things. Um, because I, I was very much with him and other people that like, we we like we love the idea of that. We want Sony to do a bit more with it. And one thing, I think the guy's name is Ryan. Yeah, Ryan mentioned is some games that we haven't seen yet. So things like Metal Gear, Tomb Raider. Uh, a few others that he mentioned as well that those developers or publishers might have different plans. I agreed with them at the time in terms of okay some of these companies might want to just remaster their games and put them back out. Now I can't remember if it was before that video or after that. Obviously we got the announcement of the Metal Gear collection so that one probably won't be on the classics catalogue because Konami's obviously Resetting that natively for, uh, was it PS4 and five and Switch and stuff, and now we have this, which is obviously which is uh, Square Enix um for Tomb Raider. So though that that, that made sense as as to that, because I'm guessing if you, because that's obviously that third part more third party stuff as opposed to some of the other first party classic games that they've still got access to. That. I guess in certain for, for business in certain situations, would you do a deal just with Sony where you get those games on the Classics catalogue or would you do up the graphics a bit and put them out as a collection on all platforms? I suppose it depends where, where the money more sort of is. Because um, obviously if you're just putting this on the Classics thing on PlayStation, you have a limited audience there as opposed to if you put them on PC and Xbox and Switch and PlayStation, which is what it looks like Tomb Raider is going to be doing. I'm very happy that this is happening because uh, I do want to go through these games properly because going back on my PS3 and doing them that way is not something that's going to be happening. I enjoy- enjoyed going back to them and playing them on my PS3, but it's like, you know, the way the save file works and the checkpoints, it's not very modern. Um, I I believe the preferred way or the dream way to play, play these, particularly these Tomb Raider games, because you're going to die a bunch of times is through that classics thing because then you'll get the save load and rewind mechanics which will be i don't know if they would be a better way to play those games i know on pc you can do like the save files and stuff but through the classics thing on ps plus you can literally do it so if you let's say you see one of them boulders come in for lara croft and you know you're not going to get out of the way of it you can just rewind 10 seconds instantly and correct yourself from it because that's one of them games where you sort of oh i fell into the spikes because i jumped too early or too late or you it's that moment of mistake which is what those sort of games are like and you could just rewind that and then do it again i don't know if i'm go- see that's the thing because this remaster's has happened now i don't know if that's going to come to the classics catalog because does that make sense for them to do that i i don't know um they've put out, like all the syphon filter games on there i think i played the first one that was good and everything um but yeah lots of people were very happy i mean yeah there's the nostalgia and things like that but i just would have preferred to play these games with the save load and rewind mechanics because i think that would make it better now i'm hoping at least um that because what was it in the first game i think you had to reach like a crystal and then you could save it whereas with tomb raider 2 and i think 3 you could save at any time that would be a better option uh, obviously, rather than just okay, you have to get to this crystal in order to save. But it would still be even better than that if you um had the rewind features. Uh, anyway, what do you think of Tomb Raider getting remastered?
1: I think it was inevitable, especially as a one to three uh, combo pack. I did see it's uh, it's gonna make that onto the Switch, so obviously it's not gonna be console exclusive. So, mm, yeah, have you ever gone through them yourself? A long, long time ago. I think I played one on the Dreamcast. I told you how long ago it was.
0: Mm, yeah. Um, so that comes out... What was the date for that again? Oh, yeah, February 14th, which apparently is Lara Croft's birthday. Obviously, it's also Valentine's Day. So look out for that in the next few months. Uh, just a bit of COD news as well. I wanted to mention... Um, some old sorry some call of duty modern warfare 2 maps will be available in the modern warfare 3 beta we do know that all 16 i think 16 is the number that they said all 16 modern warfare 2 maps will be remastered for modern warfare 3. uh so none of this sort of like wait for each of them in each season they'll be there from the start but some of them will be in the beta we didn't know if that would quite be the case obviously betas can be limited because well they're betas Uh, The devs, there's a video of the developers discussing, like, the process of putting these maps back in. And one thing they kind of looked at was movement and how it uh, translates to the old versions of these games. And if they can tweak them for, like, the newer games and stuff. Um, It was cool. And they showed, like, some screenshots and some bits of gameplay of... Uh, some of the older maps, and it's good to good to see them again. It's very good to see them again. Uh, I'm not going to name all of them, but you've got things like High Rise, you've got Favela, you've got Terminal, you've got Rust is always a Modern Warfare staple. Uh, you've got Scrapyard, which was on Modern Warfare 19, but it wasn't on Modern Warfare 2. Uh, so you've got that one. Um, yeah, all, all of them are, are, are apparently going to be back in there. Um, and they look pretty good, and it will be cool to go back to some of these in addition to obviously having newer maps as well so that would be cool um in terms of like how the movement translates and stuff i it it will be what it will be that will we don't know how to really judge or analyze that yet because none of us have played this game yet uh but that's cool um i feel like i like more i like what modern warfare 2 did it did miss the mark on a couple of things Because the way Infinity Ward did that game, I I loved the gunplay and the gameplay and all all kinds of different stuff about it. There were certain experimental and other choices that Infinity Ward made with Modern Warfare 2 that didn't quite make sense. And I'm wondering if... Because you've got... I can't remember if if it's Sledgehammer or Treyarch. I can't remember which one of the two of them it is. I always get mixed up with both of them. Um, one of them is coming in to do the main development and Infinity Ward is doing the co-development. If you could sort of like take the good stuff in Modern Warfare 2 and let's let's call it course correcting a little bit where some of those decisions that Infinity Ward were making that didn't make sense, like the rotational playlists, why can't you just keep all the playlists in the game? Um, Things like that. There was lots of other stuff as well. If you could pass those choices onto the other development team and just have Infinity Ward do the good gameplay that they're known for doing, I think it could go well. It still is a weird COD game, and it's still got some unprecedented things that have never happened in COD, and we'll see how those things translate. But... Because I keep trying to think about, like, okay... How how did we end up with Modern Warfare Two a year after, and it was a different lead dev team, and all, all all these kinds of like strange things that I've talked about before. That's one of the only things that sort of makes sense is like if they if they're passing some of those let's call them development choices onto the other team, um, because even with the devs that are talking in this video about um, choosing the old maps and putting them back in. You weren't really getting that same language, let's call it that, from Modern Warfare Two. So th- th- there's a bit of a, a bit of a change going on, and we'll see how it sort of translates. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But the there's the Call of Duty next, which is the presentation uh, on October fifth. Obviously, you can pre-order the game now if you want to. On uh, October fifth, the beta starts the weekend. I think it's either the the, the it starts from the sixth. I don't know if that's a Friday or a Saturday, but it's probably one of the two october 6th that's when the beta starts so you get like your presentation of call of duty next getting a bit more talk about what's going to be in the game and then the beta will start the uh next day i think that's the closed beta for pre-orders first october
1: 6th is friday
0: okay that makes sense so the presentation will be a thursday and then the uh beta on the friday so and then the game launches itself on november 11th uh i can't remember what the date for the campaign was but it's a week earlier if you pre-order it so whatever date that will be so uh i look forward to all that um cool that's what i got to talk about this week um there was the nintendo i don't have anything really to say about the nintendo direct stuff um because i scrubbed through the video and just watched the tomb raider thing and then clicked it off N- none of the other stuff really quite interested me uh but what do you want to talk about today
1: Well, I do want to touch on that a bit with the uh, Nintendo Direct, Mm -hmm. because we did get a lot of announcements out of it, and if you're a Nintendo fan, there is stuff that you're really going to want to keep on the radar. Uh, They announced Paper Mario, Thousand Years' Door, along with the uh, Super Mario RPG, both excellent, excellent games from the Super NES era. Um, Absolutely should check those out. Uh, They gave us an announcement for... uh, Luigi's Mansion 2. They gave us a weird expansion pass for Splatoon 3, but it looks more like like a, a dark grim actiony first-person shooter than anything involving the actual gameplay itself.
0: The tone uh, of Splatoon's really strange to me. Yep,
1: yeah, we got a date launch date for Prince of Persia The Lost Crown comes out January 18th. Um Dave the Diver is getting moved over there, so that's kind of cool. Uh, that comes out a little bit. Uh, got another um, uh, trailer for P- Detective Peach- Pikachu 2 uh, called Detective Pikachu Returns. Um, few, uh, few anime games. I'm not a big fan of. Uh, WarioWare, which is kind of a puzzle game thing um, from the old Wii days. It looks like it's getting moved over. And then the big announcement for the Nintendo Gallery Museum, they said it should still launch and open in March of 2024. Cool. Um, Yeah, lots of
0: interesting stuff in there. And I may check out some of those Mario games. Um, It's just I've, I've only liked two mario games which is um odyssey and uh, sunshine granted i've not tried all of them so you know if some of you are thinking hey how come you didn't enjoy galaxy and world nor I, I haven't played loads of them um i've tried some of the 2d ones they're a bit sort of just i don't know i didn't really click with them um there was the i saw a brief little bit of the uh, other two D one they've got coming out and it was like some somewhat interesting mechanics so that looks it looks interesting but I I don't know if I'll I'm not sort of like looking forward to those games as opposed to certain other games um yeah the last couple of trailers for like sp- the the Splatoon stuff particularly the more darker toned ones just have a really strange tone to them um I don't know like yeah th- there was one that they did. I think it was when they're walking through the subway or something. And then there was like another one after that. And it was just... Uh, I don't know. Sometimes Nintendo can be a little bit weird <laughs> with some of their... The tone of some of their trailers. So um, did did you get any of that from the... What did you think of the Splatoon thing? Did, did you kind of get what i said? was
1: thoroughly confused by the Splatoon thing. It weirdly kind of remembered, reminded me of um, the... What was the game... Far Cry Three, and then they had that weird DLC that was like a spoof of '80s movies. The Blood it had Dragon Had nothing to do with Far Cry Three.
0: Yeah, Blood Dragon or something like that. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, that was kind of strange. So, um, what was the Trials game called again that tied into? Oh,
1: I don't remember, and I choose. Was it to Trials of the Blood Dragon?
0: it was a game that I like genuinely really hated. Um... Yeah,
1: I played it, and I I didn't hate hate it, but. <laughs> I have absolutely no reason to go even remembering that game anymore.
0: Yeah. I remember when they got to like the the twin sticky sort of shooter apart, and I'm like what the why the hell is this at a trials game? Um I'm supposed to be on a bike. So, anyway, <clears throat> um that's a series I kind of miss a little bit. I wouldn't mind going for another one of those. It's been it's been a couple of years. Um cuz like Fusion was quite good. Um what was the other one after that? I'm sure there was another one. Um there's been like three or four of them, but those have
1: been quite good. Uh, cool. Anything else you want to talk about? Not for uh, the Nintendo thing, but we do have other news. Um, Immortals of AVM developer Ascent Studios has laid off almost half its staff just a few weeks after the release of its studio's first game. Mm. Uh, the news comes via Polygon, who reports that 40 people have been laid off from the studios. According to three separate developers who work there, Ascendant Studios' website lists its development team as having a 100-plus person team, with Polygon sources estimating that the layoffs represented almost half the studio. Um, several others were laid off um, from the studio in, in recent weeks. Uh, poor sales were cited as the reason, and poor sales is kind of an understatement. According to uh, SteamDB, the, game's, uh, the game players' concurrent player numbers peaked, at just seven hundred and fifty one at launch and was bouncing between one hundred and twenty nine as of last week. Wow. That is a
0: bad See when you were saying seven hundred and fifty something, I thought we were gonna say seven hundred and fifty thousand.
1: new no. That's
0: what I thought we were gonna say. Oh god, that is low. Uh even that still would be not brilliant, but um, you know. Uh yeah, I, I saw this. I uh, didn't end up writing this one down, but obviously you've picked it up for, for this. I remember seeing that I had done a couple of days ago, and I was like, didn't that game just come out? And yeah, it yeah. did.
1: But And that game was kind uh, of on my radar too, but that was more because they did full-body mocap and voice with Gina Torres, who you would know either from Suits or Firefly. Um, very good actress. Has presence. Like She's on screen and you just zoom in on her because she's got one of those commanding figures of mm-hmm. you will notice my existence Yeah. and yeah. not in a loud, ragey, screamy kind of way, more of <coughs> just of a, when, you know, it, it's like when somebody walks into the room and then immediately everybody notices them, but you couldn't give a specific reason why that's kind of the thing.
0: Mm. Yeah. They just sort of <clears throat> come on the room, I suppose. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, they laid off people already? Didn't this game just come out? And yeah, that's apparently the, the case. Um, My my first kind of thought for that was like, okay, maybe you shouldn't have come out so close to Starfield and Baldur's Gate 3. But and it, it's interesting when we talk about... I mean, that's something I usually bring up more than you, is in terms of when games come out and stuff. Uh, I still think back to next year when... Gotham Knights was very very close to COD and then it got I can't remember if it got pushed forward or delayed backwards but moved itself even closer to it like within a few days. I was like oh that doesn't seem quite smart and they're like nobody's really sort of bothered. Um, well
1: a lot of it has to do with calculations of how much on the Venn diagram of this game and that game is going to overlap.
0: Yeah,
1: And we talked about this before with Halo because if you look at the Venn diagram for Halo of people that play both the multiplayer and the story mode it is a very very small percentage the game is either i think the number was like 92 percent either all story mode or all multiplayer and the other eight percent is the mix i don't think those are the exact numbers but it's the it's at that scale to where it's like there's very little crossover so you have a game like gotham knights and a game like call of duty I don't have any numbers to look at, but I can't imagine that has a huge crossover Mm. on the Venn diagram. Yeah, yeah. And we talk about this a lot. I never play – well, not never, but I very, very rarely play first-person shooter games. Um, Technically, Starfield is a first-person shooter, but I can make Mm. a third-person shooter with a button click. Yeah. So I don't really count that, Mm. even though that is an option. Yeah, it's um, one like of the COD, I don't play. <coughs> Warzone, I tried it once, didn't like it. Apex, tried it, didn't care for it. Mm. So if you look at my game path, um, you're not gonna see a whole lot of crossovers with shooters.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, 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 that's this. This decision has been made very quickly. But if it's only like seven hundred and something, that's that's a lot lot lower than the number I thought you were gonna say. So. Um... Yeah, this was one that was, you know, showing a bit of the, I think, Game Awards or some getting one of the Jeff Keighley things. And, like, I think they had the actor on stage or something that had been talked up a bit. But it seems like one of them ones that... Because I wasn't sure if it had come out or not. And I remember there was, like, a release date soon for it. But um, it, it, it's come and gone, seemingly. But everyone's playing Baldur's Gate 3 or Starfield. And in about a month's time, people will be playing cod and spider-man and you know things like that so um yeah it's, it's just one of them situations i suppose this isn't the same sort of thing as let's say you know when i talked about um Deathloop and Ghostwire, where like within a couple of weeks those games will come and gone the, i i feel like this game had a different presence to what those two did at least that's what i've sort of seen anyway so mm-hmm. uh what else are we are to talk about today?
1: i was sticking on that uh, same theme Uh, Gearbox Entertainment might be up for sale again as reports have begun to surface that owner Embracer Group is looking for potential buyers for the company behind the Borderlands and Brothers in in Arms franchise. Uh, Three different, quote, familiar with the matter, quote, sources independently spoke with Reuters, explaining that Embracer has received interest from from prospective buyers. Uh, They did not have numbers on what it could sell for. But back in 2021, Gearbox was purchased for 1.3 billion, Um, and if it kept that same valuation, then that would be, you know, in the realm of some of the bigger studios or developers. But the the way the article talks about it, they don't think um, it would come anywhere close to that kind of evaluation because they've gone, Embracer Group has gone through a long division, a long period of layoffs, division closures, and game cancellations if you Mm. remember we talked a few months back that they supposedly had some $2 billion deal in the works that completely fell through back in May Um, and since May uh, Saints Row developer Volition just got completely laughed off the planet Um, Hitman Go studio Onama has been shut down so this is a company that's kind of losing the the valuation of it so if they want to sell it they might want to do it quick
0: yeah, yeah. Um, every, I guess everybody but May United are being bought. Everton just got sold. Embrace Group's looking to get bought. And the Glazers are still just sitting there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, do, I just imagine them, like I picture them, not every day. I don't do it that often. But whenever news of it gets bought up, of like them sitting, the all, all, the brothers, I think there's six of them or something, the brothers sitting around at a table looking at Shake Jassim's $5 billion check and be like, hmm, should we do it? Should we not? No, ah, let's wait for... T- we'll, we'll figure it out tomorrow. And then they look at it a bit more and they think about it more. And then nine, ten months goes past. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but, uh, yeah, Um, as long as I can, obviously, you know, I, I want people to stay in the jobs that they can. Hopefully they can if this all goes sort of well. Um, It's not one of the studios or groups that I'm more sort of familiar with, like, in terms of borderlands and that sort of stuff i know borderlands mm. has got a very uh dedicated fan base i've seen some you know cosplays and things of that character uh i've seen more play cosplays of that than i have of the avatar stuff Border- borderlands is another one that gets talked about more than avatar so
1: yeah but avatar depends on how much body skin you're showing that's mm. a lot of blue paint or a yeah, really good bodysuit if you have to do that
0: that's fair yeah uh but yeah borderlands isn't really one that's my kind of thing but i know people really love it so all i have to say is i hope this has the best outcome that it has so uh what do you think
1: yeah obviously if a studio is looking to say you know buy me buy me buy me somebody's somebody wants out and somebody wants out quick um past that you know it just depends on the numbers yeah and if whoever's buying them thinks the numbers are good or not
0: It's all about the numbers and Mm -hmm. and the billions. There's lots and lots of billions that go around. Um, We'll see how that goes. Uh, All right, what else do you want to talk about?
1: Uh, Well, the last thing I have is some new tech that's about to come onto the market. We have talked a few times about VR, and one of the things that I've always said is that it looks the units always look really, really heavy. Well, there's a new piece of tech coming out called Big Screen Beyond, which is a VR headset um, it is very, very small, very, very compact um, in terms of, like, overall face profile, about the size of, like, a really thick, really thick pair of uh, sunglasses. Right. So the photos that I have from the, uh, the video announcement, just imagine, like, smaller than ski goggles, but more substantial than swim goggles, and you kind of get a sense to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the device weighs 127 grams which makes it nearly four times lighter than the MetaQuest 2 headset. Um, Size-wise, it's only 143mm long and 52 millimeters thick, and can fit in the palm of your hand according to the video from it. Uh, the Beyond uses pancake lenses like the MetaQuest Pro, which provides 3D efforts, 3D effects of VR with less space. Behind them is a pair of micro OLED displays with a resolution of 5- 5120 by 2560 or 2560 by 2560 per each eye at 90 megahertz refresh rate. So it's a good resolution and a good refresh rate. Uh, the big difference with the Beyond aside from the size and the shape is that it's made to order. Um, and this is this will come into play later. When you order the device, you have to get a 3D face scan so that the headset is contoured to build to your head shape, and IPD, which is the interpupillary pupul- distance. I'm, I'm guessing that has something to do with your vision. Right, um, yeah. yeah. Pupula- pupillary, I think, is eyes. So it's like maybe the distance between yeah, your uh, corneas or something like that. Uh, this is done to ensure the best possible fit. However, you can't adjust the IPD after the fact. So you won't be able to share the headset with other people oh. unless they have the exact same eyes with you. Um, the biggest border to this, uh, no pun intended because it is called the Big screen Beyond, um, is the price. Uh, pre-orders are going up now for $1,000 and it's shipping to the United States with international orders going out later of the year. It does not say – I'm not familiar enough with VR, so I don't know about platforms. So I don't know if this is like you can use your Quest – Um, games with it or if there's like some other company or if they have their own internal thing Uh, the article does not say uh, so I don't know where you get the actual games from Mm. obviously with the thousand dollars being a big price tag um, they do offer a payment plan of $35 a month for three years um, but I wouldn't do that Uh, it ships next quarter in 2023 hmm
0: See, I went to go take some water there and then you were about to read the price and I thought, okay, if I do that and Rob reads out some price or Robert reads out some price that makes me laugh, then that's not going to work very well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, so...
1: and while it is expensive and obviously oh, well, that's I don't very do expensive. VR anyway, I don't yeah. find it excessively expensive in the sense that they're customizing it for you and that's time and that's cost. I never mind a price if I can see where that price is going to. And obviously it's going to the tech to make it this small and this light. It's literally like, I think like a really, really small, um, ski goggles, like, like for a child uh-huh. size yeah. ski goggles, that's roughly the size and shape of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's big screen, VR.com if you want to look at it and get a sense of the size. So I cool. know where the cost is going. It's going for the tech and it's going for the custom molding, uh, for your face. The article also talks about how, because it's custom molded, you can use it without needing, um, without it being an issue of if you wear glasses. That's always been a thing. Um, but because of the molding, um, they say it's not going to be an issue uh, with your site if you have to wear glasses. You just take them off and it'll just be right there. Mm. Cool.
0: It, it sounds good from like a convenience standpoint of how small and compact and, you know, uh convenient they are for that obviously a thousand dollars is a lot um but what's what's, the
1: weight that's huge
0: mm, um obviously what's not justifiable is when you're called playstation and you release a headset that's more expensive than the console that you release the games on that's that that's very much a problem um yeah i I was talking with uh because some of my family brought up like hey what do you want for christmas even though it's september but christmas will be a people at work have started talking about christmas for their kids and stuff and oh yeah like... um,
1: the pumpkin <laughs> spice must flow it's uh autumn now
0: yeah yeah even before uh before we even get into the month of halloween forgetting be- getting past halloween so uh anyway um and i mentioned that i'd obviously like a vr but i was explaining to some family members about how expensive it was and i said okay i do think the price is ridiculous it's more expensive than the console and i got some uh interesting looks in response looks that I agreed with but like these kind of sort of looks to say like hey Matt that's really expensive and I was like I, I know so uh um but yeah no, they, this sounds good it just depends obviously the content that's on it and that sort of thing um but in, in terms of what you said for like size and head fitting and things like that um yeah, it, it it might be in that situation if you want to like if you've got one and say to friend or family or somebody like, hey, do you want to check this out? But they can't because it won't fit on them or something. As opposed to obviously from my experience with VR, it's just hey, you detach the thing and then you it fits to the head in a good way. Um, that's maybe what's going to set it back a little bit, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, but I'm just looking forward to whenever I can get to play. PlayStation VR two. I'm not like in you know desperate need to. It's just something I'd be very interested in doing. um But see, I, like it's like I said before. Even if I had 520 pounds to spend on a VR two, I don't know that I'd actually want to pay that much for it. Yeah, so, um, uh, and I
1: have right now. I have the money. I could buy both. Lot. I just. Don't have the desire to, so
0: yeah, yeah, it's, it's not about whether you do or don't have the money to pay for something, it's whether you want to pay that much for something. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, all right, is that what you got?
1: This yep, week? that's all I got.
0: All right, let's get to what the people are talking about. Uh, in the feedback, Matthew and entertainment talk.org, Twitter, e talk UK, and his information in your show notes. Harrison writes in, uh, well, not first, but the first one that i've got here uh having seen some recent showcases etc when do you think current gen truly starts here yeah, we are still getting a lot of games on ps4 on switch uh it depends what you think switch actually is technically it is previous gen because <clears throat> it came out in 2017 uh, although again like i said with nintendo they're not quite so bothered about direct competition they're more just kind of doing their own thing um see it's kind of because even with modern warfare 3 that's apparently still going to be on xbox one and ps4 um there have been some games like okay let's say with god of war ratchet and clank spider-man like some of those games probably couldn't run on ps4 and you do need to have those as current gen only but i suppose from a business standpoint if you can make your third-party game... Because it's more of a third-party thing. If you can make your third-party game... Slightly lesser for a lesser console... And there's a hundred and what million people that have a PS4... You've got more of a... Sales... Opportunity. Um, I don't know how long that's going to last for though. I mean... I, I, I think I, As we go through the next, let's say, two years... <clears throat> It probably will just be more of a third-party thing. Because I'd expect more first-party stuff to just be on PS5. Um, In fact, every first-party exclusive from now forwards, and even ones that we have had, even things that launched, um, or like, you know, with Returnal, or many of the other games, um, have only been on on PS5. So there is an element of of games that are only current-gen, but... It's more about third-party, really, I suppose. Um, I mean, if you can get your game on Switch, you're going to probably put it on PS4 as well, assuming that you're able to. Um, My my answer is maybe in a couple of years' time or something. But then even if you say 2025, that's five years into a console generation. Um, As long as it doesn't get to a disruptive point where it holds back current-gen versions of games... um, Which is weird when you do think about Gotham Knights that we mentioned earlier. And you look at that game and think... I'm pretty sure... Like, I'm not on the dev team. But I'm pretty sure this game could run on PS4. And Xbox. And probably Switch as well. Um, But if we remember, it was planned to be on PS4 and those other consoles. I don't know about Switch. And it got cancelled for it. Um, Sorry, those versions got cancelled for for that. Because it was too much for them and you look at the game and you just think okay all right uh anyway what what do you what do you think about all that
1: yeah I, i know i've talked about this before but i don't see you know the next next console gen coming out being a big whoop with visuals uh because we don't have anywhere near the adoption rate for 4k or even 8k tvs and the like so i imagine It'll be more like a product refresh, kind of like what they're doing with the Series S, it having a full terabyte hard drive now. Mm. Um, I imagine within the next year and a half, maybe two years, we'll more than likely get a PS5 Slim um, just because that thing is massive. Uh, I mean, like ridiculously big. Um, yeah. It's
0: mainly those blades, but yeah, still.
1: Now, even without the Blades, it's still kind of big. Yeah, that just makes um, it
0: point out more. <laughs> so
1: Maybe a faster... Uh, maybe some software updates on the Xbox Series X to optimize a few things. I think power-wise, there's more than enough power there. It's just oh yeah, I don't think they're utilizing it in the best way.
0: Also, again, it, <clears throat> it's not necessarily on the console. It depends on what games are we getting and what can you do in the games and mm. how does that, you know... Like, okay, let's say EA Sports FC 24, whatever the game's called, FIFA 24, that's going to have a completely different function and engine and whatever, as opposed to Call of Duty, for example. So, you know, there you go. Uh, Caroline, excuse me, writes in next, says, I hope you don't mind, uh, I wanted to copy my same question from the Breaking Bad podcast, but switched the question to Robert, thanks. Uh, so what Caroline's talking about here, um, she's been a regular for uh, our Breaking Bad podcast, which obviously you're not on that one, uh, mm-hmm. with with me and David. That's the rewatch thing that ties into our Breaking Bad podcast. Sorry, our, our Better Cost Saul podcast, which is why we are doing it. Uh, obviously, we mentioned that in the housekeeping section. Uh, what she asked about there was like um, the differences between, for, for me and for David in terms of when I do solo episodes, when I do... entertainment talk episodes with co-hosts and then go on geek town and how those are all kind of different and stuff and then david talked about how you know doing entertainment talk ones and then his own ones and then he's got you know rotating geek town co-hosts and what that's like for him uh so we we both already answered our questions on that on in our own ways with that i suppose for you so what what is it like going from because you don't do like solo stuff um going from let's say doing something with me as opposed to on David's podcast?
1: Honestly, there's not a whole lot of difference between the two in terms of um, just prep. Um, David gives me a Google Doc sheet on what he plans to talk about and lets me add things. Um, What we do is more kind of a free form. Uh, You find news articles you're interested in. I find news articles I'm interested in. Um, We tend to have an overlap every now and then. Uh, mm-hmm. Since it's your show and your lead, uh, you go first. I just, when it's something that we both picked up, I'll just add my two cents in after that. Um, I actually used to do my own podcast way back in the day, but it was a lot harder to try to organize schedules um, with different people, and it just kind of fell apart mm. uh, because of that. Um, yeah. Plus, I kept I, I'm, I have very very few OCD ticks. Um, one of them is, is that I hate unanswered notifications. Like if you ever been next to somebody and they open up their phone and they show like 247 unanswered text messages, I would lose my mind if that was my phone. <laughs> I, well, first off, you yeah, never yeah. get to that point. But stuff mm. like that, I just – and the other thing is, is I hate the fact that I can't seem to make myself stop saying filler words. I mm, or ah, er, um things like that, and I that's would just always a human thing, I think, yeah, but some people and I have known some people that are very, very well spoken that have none of those. you know, I'll listen to somebody for half an hour and they never say one word like that, and I'm just like, mm. damn that's impressive, um, so I used to edit the po- all that out of the podcasts that I did, and I just got so sick of hearing my voice in my head. <laughs> It just got so, so tired mm. of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, when I say words like that and I pause and I... There's usually... Because all, all of us obviously work in different ways as opposed to, you know, how we think, what we're going to say next, how our brains work with us, if if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Usually for me, it's... I know what sentence I'm going to say... But I will think about what I'm saying, obviously, as I'm saying it. And then if I get to a particular word, and I really want to, like, fine-tune a word in a sentence to really emphasise a particular point, I will deliberately pause myself, think of, like, okay, what are the other options of words that I could use that would make my point stick more? Specifically, stick more. <clears throat> um, And how that not make it sound better because I'm not really majorly concerned about that I'm more concerned about the the choice of words I use because sometimes if you say like well not the wrong choice of words but a, a choice of words you didn't mean to say or something or ones a choice of words that make your point different to what you were intending that's when things like context come into play and how how the flow of how you're talking goes I suppose um but yeah, that's, that, that, that's sort of how, but but I'm not, like when I pause and I say words like that, I'm not, I, I don't know if other people are bothered by that or whatever, but that's just me pausing in terms of, instead of me rushing into the next word to say, which I might say something that I don't mean, or that I, I say the wrong word or something like that, um, I'm just more cautious about my choice of words. Because what I'll, I'll tend to do sometimes is I'll, I will say a choice of a word, I'll immediately be like, oh no, not that, I mean it this way instead because I've in that exact second and moment thought, oh no, I didn't mean to say that point in that way and I will backtrack on myself in the moment and say a better choice of words because I, I would imagine for a listener that might be the difference between I don't really get the point Matt's trying to make and then if I change... say even two three words in a sentence they might go oh you mean it in that way i don't know if any of that really makes any sense but it's more about a choice of words and pausing to think of other options that might make especially when it comes to serious topics and things like that Mm -hmm. like if you if you really want to sort of i've thought about this in a very very particular way and you don't know if somebody else has you assume that other people haven't but then other people probably have And if you don't say a particular sentence in the exact way that you mean to, not in a nitpicky sort of way, but in a way that someone might just miss your point slightly and they might not quite agree with you or get what you're saying. Um, And that's only something that's really developed in myself in the last year or so, maybe. Um, Because you slowly work about, you slowly figure out how people think about opinions and then you adjust it in a different way um anyway but um yeah uh, what well, one of the things that came up between me and david was like prep work and stuff obviously when it's geek town he sends me the same thing as he sends you obviously the updated version um i imagine that takes him a long time to put together as well because he puts because when i do notes i i when i do notes unless it's a recap for an episode or something which has a different purpose it's more about reminding myself to bring up certain things and even then I may forget to jot something down but that's just a human thing so uh, anything else to say about that
1: I mean articulation has never really been an issue for me but growing up I did hang out with my grandmother a lot and she had a master's in English and a bachelor's in French Um, so sometimes I'll just throw in SAT words just for my own uh, edification but I'm weird like that
0: Mm, yeah Uh, but I hope that answers your question caroline uh josh writes in is the last one uh says thought of matt when they announced the new playstation colors but when they had all the bits around the controller because of haptic feedback yeah they started showing that didn't they and mm-hmm. it was like well, like there was no haptic feedback happening because obviously it was a youtube video um and they started showing it and i was like oh okay different colors of you know playstation stuff that you're selling And then they did sort of like the haptic feedback sound sort of stuff and kind of these little bits that were going around the controller and I was like, Are you gonna announce a new haptic feedback controller or something like that? Like where is it where is this going? This is it, it was a bit of a different way to just like, oh, here's a new dark blue controller or something. They had all these like bits going around and I sort of thought, This is very particular in terms of what this controller does. And it was the way they had like, certain colours flow over the controller, and I was like, okay, this, looks like, this is like something different than just, oh, here's a new colour of a controller. It was, it was certainly a different way to do it, because otherwise they'll have, like, a controller floating in a space-type environment, and it will change colour to blue or red, and they'll say, hey, you can buy Mountain Red or whatever. and and it will be available. This time they did all this, like all this stuff was just going everywhere and the controller was changing color and doing all these bits. Um, So uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking about that, but um, it had had nothing to do with haptic feedback apart from the fact the controller does have that. Um, What what did you think when they started showing that off?
1: Uh, The colors look cool, but then it also reminded me when the PS5 first came out and then within like a month or two, some company had started up um, to make s- replacement side panels that looked really, really cool, and Sony immediately sued them into oblivion.
0: Yeah, that wasn't very nice. Um, that w- What would have worked is if, like, oh, cool, you've got an idea, like, let's work with you rather than completely shut you down. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, again, I get the business is business, but there's sometimes there's just better and nicer ways of going about things, but then sometimes people in suits, which is what I call them, don't always think about the nicer or the better thing to do. So, yeah, uh, but no, it was it was cool. It just obviously led to nothing to do with haptic feedback. So, uh, but it was good to know I was on your mind in that moment, I suppose. So, uh, what else is there? Um, yeah, that's all we got for today. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Of course, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org podcast platforms tv games films may night podcast uh coming up we've got uh, united casters back tomorrow and then i can't remember if it's tuesday or wednesday one of those two days we've got buying munich which will be a very interesting game then another breaking bad another gaming talk um there'll probably be some other stuff that pops up at some point uh some other game reviews we'll see when i get sent starfield etc etc um because hey sometimes i look ahead and think okay this is what i've got to record for the next week and then something will pop up or something will get announced or i'll watch something or think of something and uh ideas start popping into my head and i keep talking about stuff so uh anyway entertainment talk.org podcast platforms entertainment talk tv games films my night podcast check out what we do there's a whole bunch of stuff so have a look through all that kind of thing and uh, check out what we do. Uh, you can also support us either by listening to more episodes, telling other people about what we do, where they can find it, or by supporting us on Patreon. Uh, $5, $10 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Obviously, word of mouth, social media helps as well. Uh, David over on Geek Town Radio, geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays uh, for your TV and the film news, uh, strike updates, renewals, cancellations, air dates, pickups, all that sort of stuff and Geek Time Radio. Uh, Bex over on Twitch, Trista B-Y-T-E-S and other platforms go and support what she's up to as well. Me over on Twitch, E-Talk UK and YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. And that's that. Thanks very much for listening and we will catch you next time. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.